We're back. That's right, Jason and I. We're yes. back. And nothing, nothing can stop us here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. Not tornadoes, nope. COVID, Mm-mm. or even the Hong Kong Kumite Fighting Championship. <laughs> I'm so happy nothing you won that s- bad boy, too. I know, right? Who'd have I'm wearing the belt right now. Impressive. <laughs> nothing can slow us down. Not even evil doctors can stop us. Or will they? Find out on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer What's happening, peeps? Welcome to another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I'm your host and Kumite Fighting Champion, Insane Mike. <laughs> this, this is episode 260, and we will be talking about horror movies featuring evil doctors. Jason and I are back after missing last episode, and sorry for missing the show, everybody, but uh, I did listen. Yeah. You guys did an awesome job in our absence. So, really did. So great job. Thank you. But we're back in full form and ready to kick some ass. It is a bummer though because I have a ton of notes oh, no. for the last episode, yeah. <laughs> and it and it sucks that I just had to scrap them. And most certainly, too, I most too. oh yeah, that's true. I could have used them for that, but I most certainly didn't repurpose any of them for this episode. Uh-huh. <laughs> for those of you who are not familiar with Canon Films, they are now a defunct American <laughs> film. Co- Come on! Oh, oops. Uh, hold on. Scroll, 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 scroll. If this is your first time listening to our show, Attack of the Killer Podcast is a horror movie podcast where a group of friends, we get together with a topic and discuss films within that topic. We're all just friends sitting around talking about movies like we would any other day. So there's probably going to be spoilers just to warn you. If you like what you hear and want even more Attack of the Killer Podcast in your life, you should become an attacker. An attacker is a supporter of the show that gets you a lot more content than just a regular listener. Your support helps keep the show going and growing. As a way of thanking you for your support and getting so, you'll get end up getting so much more of the show. You can get like bonus episodes. You get our different video series like video updates, killer critiques, insane Mike's one minute top ten list. You can also get your own membership card, certificate, and sticker. And you can also get a shout-out on the show, just like our newest attacker, Abe Kirshner. Did I say his last name right? Yeah, you nailed it like you always do. Yes! Awesome. (laughs) Welcome, Abe. Abe. Welcome to uh, being an attacker. Finally, an attacker. Uh, you can hear Abe on the Brett and Tony podcast, uh, right here on the, uh, prescribed films podcast network. Um, but thank you. Uh, thank you, Abe for supporting the show. And now you are one of us. You too can get a shout out on the show and so much more. Just go to jointheattackers.com, sign up for the tier of the stuff you want, 
and get all that cool, cool stuff. Again, that's jointheattackers.com. That's what Abe did. He wants to be a monster. <laughs> yeah, so I'll get to it eventually there, Abe. I'm, so many attackers. Every, you know, time so I, every time I feel like I'm getting caught up. But it's one of those good things about being behind, you mm-hmm. know, because, like, this means more attackers. And now, ladies and gentlemen, it's time to introduce you to the podcast crew. To quote this person, I believe maybe from the last episode, this is usually when Mike has a really good joke about somebody, unquote. Tad, everybody. Hey, happy to not be hosting. Yes. Oh. After last episode, he will never watch a Klaus Kinski movie on Father's Day again. Andy. <laughs> no, no. Closer burns. Uh, they're done. I just love how that yeah. that killed the show. <laughs> it just reached it to a halt. It was so funny. <clears throat> okay. The doctor gave him six months to live, so he shot him, and the judge gave him 50 years. Problem solved. Jason, everybody. Oh, my. That's a... I don't math jokes. I don't know. <laughs> but, uh, hey, it's so great to be back and hanging out with you turds. <laughs> Yeah, and it's great to have you back. And it's great to be back, too. Yeah. So, Shudder, you guys heard about it? It's pretty cool. It's the premier streaming service serving fans of all things horror. Shudder has the best selection of new and old films, series, documentaries, and original content. Sounds like everything. It is everything. You can get your first month of Shudder for free thanks to the good old folks here at Attack of the Killer Podcast. I'm sorry, Mike. It sounded like you said free. I did say free. That's that's better than <laughs> I, spending money. I came back wanting to just ruin <laughs> your scripts all to hell. That's just your new motivation. Yeah. Spending money. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So just enter our promo code AOTKP and get your first month of Shudder for free and not spend the money for one month. Take one week off. Jesus Christ. I know, right? <laughs> Okay, so if Tad thinks he got out of all of his responsibilities, uh, think again. Here's Tad with what we watched. What we watched. All right, no excuses this time uh, because you guys have had extra long. (laughs) So I'm going to start with you guys. Mike, what have you watched? Um, well, I did get a chance to watch oh my. quite a bit. Um, I did even did a top 10 list of the top 10 films I watched while I was sick. Um, <laughs> and one, and it was only 10. It was a tough list to do because I made sure it was ones I actually stayed awake for the whole time. Oh, that's tough. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I'm not going to do those, do that list. I'm going to do a much shorter list. Um, I have recently rewatched, uh, Nightlight. Yeah, uh, which I I rewatched it so I could do an episode of Killer Critiques about it because I love the movie and all of the filmmakers are they're friends of ours Brian Woods and Scott Beck, the guys who uh, wrote uh, Quiet Place and the writer directors of Haunt, um, and I, I just I feel like not enough people either know about this movie or give it enough credit 
because it just kind of gets lost in the shuffle of found footage movies and the overabundance of found footage movies. Uh, and even if you watch their commentary track, they, they keep coming back to that term found footage, but I call BS on it. It is not, to me, it's not a found footage movie. It just, it has that aesthetic because the whole movie is from the, exactly from the perspective of a flashlight through the whole movie. And I dig the concept of, of more of do, a POV film. Yeah, of doing um, yeah, more of a POV film or just doing something different, you know? And not for the sake of doing something different either. It actually ties into what's going on in the film. So recommend Nightlight. I know we're Check super biased, but it really is good. <laughs> yes. It's a great old movie. Really, really good. For more uh, info on that, uh Check out my Killer Killer Critiques episode on it. And if you don't know what I'm talking about there, um, go to jointheattackers.com. I did also get to watch Jackass Forever. Yay! Awesome. Love them, boy. Man, I wish I would have saw it in the theater. I say that every time. but (laughs) Now 4.5 is coming to Netflix next next month, May. Awesome. Sweet. I can't wait. Cannot wait. Um, The the ending made me sad, though, a little bit when they did the... You know, little Ryan Dunn thing. Oh. And uh, it also just made me realize how, like, you know, and they're showing, like, all the old footage of, of all the Jackass guys. And it's interesting that in this movie, Jackass Forever, none of the CKY guys are part of it anymore. I mean, right. Bam is in there in one scene, and that whole mess with the lawsuit and everything – um, <clears throat> but none of those other guys are there, and right. I just—it's really interesting. I don't. It, it just makes me wonder: did they like just didn't want to do it anymore, or you know, are they still in Bam's camp and didn't you know? I don't know. It's just interesting. Um, <clears throat> also just watched one uh, a newer film. God, what did I watch it on? I think Shutter. Uh, the girl who got away. Has anybody seen that one yet? Oh no, no. I think it's this year. I think it just came out this year or maybe it was from last year. I don't remember, but, uh, um, it was, it was all right. The premise is pretty cool. Cause it's about, it's about this girl who escaped this like torturous woman that was killing children and stuff. And now in her adult life and the, uh, the, the, the person that had like kidnapped her and tortured her and, and kept her captive and everything, um, just escaped from, from prison. So, so interesting uh, premise, and I don't remember the actor's name, but one of the things that uh, that got me to watch it was the the actor that plays the um, leader of the group in um, Peacemaker, the one that ended up being one of the uh, butterflies. Anybody know him? Okay, the actor that plays the leader of the group. Yeah, yeah. The, the 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 black guy? Yeah, the yeah. <clears throat> okay. Um, that um, guy. He he played oh. Yeah, not you don't even have to worry about I trying can't to place, remember his name. I can't place his name. But uh he was in it and he he's like the second lead of the film, so it was really cool seeing oh, him cool. in something else. So and the last thing I'll I'll mention, because um, I just just watched this uh Sunday Sunday night actually. Um, Metal Lords on Netflix. Oh, how was I've it? I've been wanting to see that. Oh, it was so much fun. Wife, I mean, I think I'm a sucker. What's that? I said the wife saw it. I was. Yeah, it's pretty cool. It. I'm curious 
I'm always curious, anytime I watch a movie, especially a fictionalized movie about musicians, I'm always curious to know your perspective on it, Jason, especially since the lead character of it is the drummer of the band. Ah, cool. So, um, if you call it a band. <laughs> right. That's almost as bad as the bass player being the subject. Right. <laughs> But it, it, but it was it was definitely an interesting take on the, um, and it was I thought it was funny and um, pretty cool. I would recommend it. And I mean, I'm 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 a sucker for you know, you know, kids trying to do a start a band, especially if it's like a metal band or whatever. So actually, what happened was I'm I'm was like sitting there like, what do I want to watch? And I clicked on um, uh, Lords of Chaos for the hundredth time. And I'm like, why don't I watch Metal Lords? I keep seeing it there on Netflix. And if I want to watch something about a metal band, how about watching something a lot more fun? So I, I definitely recommend it. Like Deathgasm. Yes. That's what I watched. Oh, okay. Well, I guess we'll kick it over to Jason. I hope that he's watched some stuff in the last couple of weeks. I have. Have you guys heard of this movie called The Batman? Oh, man, I watched it again. <laughs> oh, so good. Now that streaming everywhere, you can... I streamed it. Spend another six hours. Three, come on. It but you probably by. watched it twice, right? Yeah, man, it's so good. <laughs> so fucking good. Still, still need to see it. They just announced a sequel like an hour ago. Yeah. What, for real? Yep. Um, I saw this fun little movie called X. Oh, Fuck damn yeah. Did you, see, West. did you see it in the theater or is it streaming anywhere? Uh, it's streaming now. Streaming. Okay. Yep. Uh, that's pretty fucking awesome. I, uh, I didn't watch any trailers. I didn't know anything about it other than you guys trying to not spoil things. And it's pretty great. Did you stay all the way through the credits? You dang right I did. Good. Um, yep. Fantastic. Loved it, loved it, loved it. Um, I watched, oh, there's a Tony Hawk documentary on Hulu until the wheels fall off. It's like three hours long, but it was great. Just kind of, I wanted to check that out too. It's, it's really good. And you know what I thought about? It's kind of tough in there and it's good. I thought, you know, just hate to interrupt you, but I'm going to, no, that's fine. You know, you know what I was thinking about just the other day? What? You remember the Ohio skate out? Oh uh, yeah, video. I want to watch that again. So, and so I'm kind of interested That's in this what, Tony Hawk doc. Oh yeah, check out. Go ahead. I was gonna say, check out the the documentary "All This Mayhem" about the two Australian brothers who were skateboarders, and one of them ended up being a murderer. Oh jeez. Yeah, it's it, it was on Netflix like years ago, and it was I remember it being really really good, but I can't place the brothers' names. But I know that they kind of grew up like in like in a tough neighborhood in Australia. And they were at one time, like the, uh, the top skateboarders in the world. I mean, they were neck and neck with Tony Hawk, both of them. Sounds like, um, we have enough to do a skateboard episode, skateboard yeah. horror. <laughs> <laughs> but Tony Hawk though, not a murderer. Um, no, <laughs> no, it's just no. great. But though. they, they, they do have problems with Tony Hawk and, and they discuss that in the, in the documentary. It's because me and my friends, uh, we started a little skateboarding group. And it really was right around the time as Bones Brigade and yeah and Pal Peralta and and we watched all them videos and had them all and we just had been in it from that beginning to and got all the magazines and oh it was such uh, a uh, giant uh, yeah. part of my life. It's it's funny that uh, Mike brought up Bam because I 
saw Bam with the Element Skate Team at Rampage Skate Park when I was a teenager. Hell yeah. Uh, you know, and I was heavy into that. We would drive two hours to Rampage, and I mean, we couldn't, we would go on the ramps, we couldn't do shit on them, but, uh, <laughs> You know, it was it was cool because you know our we were like fourteen. Our moms would drive us up there for someone's birthday. We'd skate for hours on end, yep, and yep. then uh, go to Hooters for dinner, and then <laughs> come back. And we thought it was. I mean, that's a quintessential Saturday. So, yeah, it's a it's a dumb little brag, and I, I feel bad. I'm dumb doing it. Just but yeah, when, right when he started his uh, birdhouse line, he was doing demos, and he came to Cedar Rapids, and our little skateboard group. Uh, that grew up watching him, got to skate with him and, and his whole crew. And it was, That's not a dumb brag at all. That's fucking awesome. Dude, it was Very fucking awesome. awesome. Yeah. It was, you know, because you go to them skate parks. I don't know if you did. You know, I know you did, but like you see the big ramps and you're just like, sure. But then when you see someone really fucking do it in person, you're just like. Yeah, using them, yeah. Fucking to their full potential. Mind yeah. blown. Anyway, it was just, it yeah. was incredible. Awe-inspiring. Um, I also watched the French Dispatch. I loved it. And then, but, so, well, I don't, <laughs> I still haven't seen it. It's on my like list, but I've, I don't know, man. Like I love Wes Anderson, love everything, but love to, Wes Anderson just, and it's everything. Just, it's just sort of, I don't know something about it. Like, but it's there's not, something about it. It's almost too much, just too much Wes Anderson. I don't know. I don't know if I, I'm with, yeah, I didn't, I, I, that's what put me off from watching it for a while. Cause I was nervous about it being too much and what you're saying, you know, just that hesitancy and. And now somewhere, um, it's great. Brett, Brett and Tony are yelling. I know. At their, I know they hollered at me to get to watch it, and I feel bad. I, I mean, I, I like it because it's great, and it's a you know so a, a, a masterclass in cinematography always. But is it in storytelling? I don't know. But then, so I also uh, I'm trying to go fast. Try to go fast. I went kind of crazy on Apple TV, and I I watched three series on there. Um, the one I definitely want to talk about the most is if, if you haven't seen it yet, there's one called Severance. I want to see it so bad, but I ain't got, I don't have Apple TV, man. Yeah, we'll talk after this. Um, <laughs> I, uh, yeah, stars Adam Scott. It's uh, produced, directed, I think by, uh, Ben Stiller. Yep. Um, but it's so fucking amazing and weird and cool and funny and scary. Uh, the simple premise is like, uh, we're just at a point in life where they've invented the technology that they can sever your memory <coughs> when you go to work. And and basically think of it like you go in the elevator to go to work and you come out and you are a new person. You have no memories of your outside life. <coughs> and so once you go into work, um, you are fresh and clean and, and, and and it goes both ways. And you leave your work at work and you're, you leave your work at work. But so the the fucked up thing is like, I, I I think the things they do at work aren't necessarily on the up and up because there's no, (laughs) of course not, you know, cause there's no more, they like moral attachment. Yeah. Right. There's, they almost kind of implant a different, not religion, but like you know, they can do whatever they want. It's amazing. There's no moral compass whatsoever. Exactly, and and so they make dumb little mundane things like the greatest accomplishments of all time. the The jobs they make them do are just like, what is this? Just are you just sheep in a? Are you just a mouse in a? 
it's so it's lemmings. Yeah, it's crazy, and it and it really makes you, you know, just that. And the people who do it usually have a traumatic thing that happened to them, and just want to like be able to shut the brain off for at least eight hours, kind of thing. That's the. I was gonna say, what if they get like an emergency call at work and they need, yeah. you know, they need to leave and they can't. Yeah, so it's it's really bizarre. It's really smart. It's really cool and amazing. Um, I watched some, uh, I've done enough talking, but yeah, I've been going kind of Apple TV crazy and that's yeah, I don't know if I want to watch that because, uh, I struggle with like that sometimes like, you know, coming home mad from work or the opposite, you know, and mm. let stuff affect me. And I'm like, that might be, uh, like even more meta than like, <laughs> I, I might want that badly. So, uh. I, I, yeah, it sounds good, but I can definitely, I can, I can in only the show imagine too. There's a lot of bad. Gets to the point of why maybe it's not good. Oh, I imagine. So, yeah, yeah, it's it's It'd be really boring great. if it didn't. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. That's all what, right. That's what I watched. Andy, what have you watched? Um, I was on a Thai West kick, so Ooh. I watched uh, the Innkeepers. You know, with Kelly McGillis, where they're all in that uh, bed and closing. <laughs> Well, inns keepers, jeepers. Well, you you were right. You were right. He's just being an asshole. Go ahead. Keepers. <laughs> yeah, referencing. And you're right about that too, Ted. He was. Um, Aren't you glad I'm back? It's. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna keep talking. That's um, the best bet. The uh, yeah, Kelly McGillis with her with her crystal. Uh, not my favorite Ty West film, but I don't I don't dislike it. I'm glad I have it in my uh, collection. I mean, it's it's is it his first film? No, no the Roost. Yeah, was is, is Roost? Yeah, is, I have not seen that. Is, I'm sorry. Did you is, was this your first time watching it, or have you seen you seen it before? It's, it had been like years and years ago. So it's, we're talking like a span of seven or eight years. It's one that grew on me. I can remember the first time watching it, hating it. And then I watched mm. it again, liked it a little bit more. And then, and then like uh, by the third time I've, I've seen it, it's probably my favorite Ty West movie. Oh, wow. I'm a, I'm a house of the devil uh, guy. Yeah. I'm a it's cabin true. fever it's, too guy. I still can't. I, I've tr- I've kept trying to <laughs> redeem Cabin Fever two, and I can't. I shut it off every time. Um, um, I too also watched X. Um, Woo! loved it. Um, I love the fact that they kept everything um time oriented, and since they kept everything time oriented, I was paying hyper attention. Um, it's nineteen seventy nine, correct? Um, I love the fact that they have like, you know, the blues brothers, cop cars out front, you know, cop tires, cop suspension, blah, blah, blah. Um, but I did notice that the, the plates on their, their van that they're driving, the, the plowing thing, which I thought was hilarious. Um, they are 1974. So he needs to get those switched up. But that's me nitpicking, and I'm only nitpicking because I was paying so much attention because I was loving all the detail well, that that went into the movie. Better than them being like too new, right? It, yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but absolutely uh, love the dual performance by um, was it Mia, Mia Goth? Yep. Yes, and, and I am yeah. an idiot and did not realize it until like I read an article afterwards. I love being an idiot watching movies because oh, I never yeah, catch I on. I didn't know it either. Yeah. 
Um, I didn't know it either. Um, I I thought, uh, yeah, yeah, just just all around. Um, uh, I won't I won't stay too long on this movie. Like the overhead shots when people are in uh the like the the, the lake or whatever the pond or whatever. Oh man. Um, just, I mean, yeah, granted, you know, there's, uh, she, she's naked, but I mean, just the, 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 what? Symbolized, the tense. summarizes the plot of the whole movie, you know, just yeah. age and how it's coming to get you for everybody. And, and, oh man. Yeah. And just, you know, the, the, the tenseness of her not knowing like a giant freaking alligator, <laughs> you know, just, oh my God, just shot beautifully. Absolutely loved it. Um, finally watched uh jojo rabbit yeah um i yeah i thought it was such i was thought it was such a good time um the more i watch of uh taika watiti's stuff i absolutely love this guy as oh, yeah. just mm-hmm. um as a writer as a director just as a person i just think he would just be a guy that i would want to hang around with dude Hell, taika yeah. watiti is just a fucking awesome dude and the wife and I just finished the uh, last episode of the first season of uh, Our Flag Means Death. I highly recommend you watch that show on HBO Max. It's hilarious. Yeah, I, I watch, really watch, watch, watch it. Yeah. Um, and uh, I also watched um the uh, the Leviathan uh, documentary on Hellraiser two. Um, that's very informative. Oh, yeah. And, um, I also, uh, watched, uh, Hellraiser Bloodline for the first time. Oh, how'd that and feel? <laughs> I was going to say, well, uh, you had that cricket sound, Jason? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. I will say this. It uh-huh. is Hellraiser. Bl- uh, what's, well, let's see. How do I, how do I phrase this correctly? Hellraiser uh, Inferno makes Hellraiser Bloodline look like Hellraiser One. <laughs> Do not watch Hellraiser Inferno. No, Just, <laughs> no, that's no. that's hot garbage. That is the word. I would rather watch <laughs> Revelations. What's what's the what's the one with like the 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 real heavy set pinhead? You know, with like the double pin chin. I would rather watch <laughs> that one. Um, pinchin. <laughs> what would bite. you call it? Yeah. <laughs> Double um, pinchin. I love it. Um, <laughs> yeah, I haven't even seen that one, and I would rather watch that than the Inferno. Inferno is like a fucking war crime. That movie is a that that. Oh shit! That's in Clowntergeist territory. I would almost say. <laughs> oh wow. Um. But anyway, that that is what I watch, and I highly recommend. Um, so wait, you said that. you watched Bloodline, and then went straight into <laughs> talking about nothing but in how much you hate Inferno. Well, you guys were, you know, you're you kind of gives, giving me guff about you know the crickets about Bloodline. Oh, I, I, I was, definitely wasn't giving you guff because I'll tell you what, I think I'm probably one of the few, but I love Bloodline. I think I it's it's better than it. it's better than three. It's probably my third favorite I, I Hellraiser would watch movie. Three over, I would watch. I'm I I kind of liked three. I mean, I think the trilogy is like pretty much the only ones worth watching, in my opinion. I I like I like Bloodlines. I like the idea of like this family curse involved with the uh, mm, yeah, and and, I mean, and, and seeing them through the through the decades. 
And you've kind of got, well, and Adam Scott, since we were talking about him, he's yeah. actually yep. in that movie. <laughs> and uh, you've got Kim Myers from uh, Nightmare 2. Um, yes. Je- Jesse's girlfriend, which I can't remember her her uh, her character name. Um, but anyway, that that's what I watch. And watch Our Flag Means Death because it's hilarious. Hey, Tad, what'd you watch? Oh, man, you guys. I haven't watched a lot, but I watched some really uh, awesome stuff. <laughs> On the 21st of April, it is Fog Day, so I watched John Carpenter's The Fog, rewatched. That's what you do. A yearly tradition. Um, and then I saw two fantastic movies in theaters. We have, like, the best lineup in theaters right now in the last several years. It's been a long two years without uh, a great opportunity. It's almost too much. I saw on Friday, I saw the unbearable weight of massive talent. Oh the man. Nick Cage movie where Nick Cage plays Nick Cage. Yeah. Um, I see it so bad. The, the basic premise. If you guys have, I, assume, I don't know what you're talking about. Are you serious? Yeah. Okay. So the basic premise is, um, this really rich guy, it, it, Nick Cage is playing himself. He's actually like current day Nick Cage where he's having a hard time turning down roles. His um, career is not doing the best. There's sort of a short renaissance, but um, he's uh, he's needing some money to he's, he's separating from his wife. It's a little bit fictionalized. He's separating from his wife. His daughter sort of hates him. Um, because he's working all the time and he needs some quick money. And uh, this rich guy says, you know, I want, he gets a hold of his agent who's played by Neil Patrick Harris and says, um, I want Nick Cage at my birthday party and I'll give him like a couple million dollars. And Nick is like, I would never do that. And then he reconsiders <laughs> after a few uh, situations happen and he shows up at this guy's place. And it turns out that, uh, and this isn't a spoiler, this is all the basic premise that this guy is actually like a sort of um, crime boss. And the FBI uses Nick Cage as an informant. Uh-huh. Um, and it, the FBI agents are Tiffany Haddish. And um, I'm, I'm drawing a blank on the other guy's name. But uh, and Nick basically has to sort of like act his way through this situation. So uh, it, it's really cool. He talks. There's a second version of Nick Cage in the movie from um, Wild at Heart <laughs> where he is like they de-age oh, him. And he fights with himself. He makes out with himself. He uh, <laughs> he ar- he argues with himself, um, like as it, it's his subconscious playing. But he plays his own subconscious. And uh, there's references to all of Nick's movies throughout. Um, it's it's very must awesome. be a really long movie then. It's very <laughs> very meta. It's very unique. Very funny. It's it's probably like it, it's a comedy, but it also has some very heavy stuff. Um, but really, really cool uh, way they they filmed it. Um, it's in theaters right now. It's it's just uh, fantastic. I'm trying to think of I'm like stalling because I'm trying to think of the uh, other actor. Pedro Pascal is the the rich guy oh, plays okay. the rich guy. Um, yeah, Tiffany Haddish. Ike Barinholtz is the uh, other a- FBI oh, agent. So good. yeah, he's hilarious. So it's it's a all star cast. He plays himself. It's very meta because apparently the director is a big Nick Cage fan and he wrote this film to make a film with Nick Cage. And in the movie, the guy is like, I'm I, the, the guy who hires him is basically writing a movie for Nick Cage and uses this excuse to have him come for the birthday party so he can pitch him a film. It's uh, too funny. Yeah. So it's, it's really, really good. Um, Nick Cage is fantastic in it. He, he 
makes fun of himself. He uh, laughs at himself, but also it's not uh, a parody of Nick Cage. It celebrates Nick Cage. It celebrates every aspect of when he was considered a great dramatic actor down to when he it was at his worst, you know, and um, really, really cool tribute. And then I saw something on the complete opposite end of the spectrum, and it is Robert Eggers' new movie, The Northman. <laughs> uh, oh, heck yeah. Yeah, this this guy did the lighthouse and the witch, and now the focus features gave him a massive budget, and he went balls to the volcano for real. Like, there's a naked, <laughs> uh, no, a naked sword fight on a, a volcano, an erupting volcano. Um, this this cast as we've is, always dreamed it. Yeah, th- this shit's crazy. It has Alexander Skarsgård as the as the lead, but has Nicole Kidman, Ethan Hawke, and Anya Taylor Joy. Uh, Willem Dafoe, uh, just an uh, incredible yeah, cast of people. Bjork is in it. Um, it's, it's wild, man. It's uh, basically a, a Viking tale of revenge, um, but it's done in Robert Egger style where it's probably too accurate to the time period. And it's sometimes it's, it, it, it makes you laugh. I don't know if it's intended. There's like farts and belches and swinging dicks and, uh, you know, he's, he's sort of a unique guy. Um, but it was cool as hell. It's very, very, very violent and grimy and gross and, uh, a trip and it's visually stunning and s- some fantastic performances. I I'm guessing we'll see it come back around award mm-hmm. season with cinematography at least. And some of the, maybe some of the performances, just a gorgeous Epic film. Um, something I would say out of those two, I mean, obviously, you know, Depends on your mood. I would say the Northman is something you need to see in theaters just because of its scope. It's mm. like just huge, awesome Viking film. And I hate that era. I cannot stand Viking night <laughs> stuff. And I think this and the green Knight would make the coolest fucking double feature of all time. But, uh, wow. Yeah. Cool to see Robert Eggers go from like, you know, he did the lighthouse with two, basically two people in the whole movie. And now he's like, got a fuck you budget and did this epic viking tale and it's fucking awesome and wild and it's just yeah it's awesome go check it out that's what i watched Fine, oh really. and but before i go on you go watch um everything everywhere all at once i will plug it until yeah. uh i die so yeah yeah that's on my list too damn it mm. <laughs> all right thanks tad <clears throat> okay listeners sure hope you have your fingers ready for some action that's awkward it is time to get on Twitter and vote for the right answer, mine, to this episode's question. Here's Jason with Pole Position. From now on, like your parents were, you are the secret force of Pole Position. All right, we're going to take a quick look back. At the last poll we had up for episode 258, what are the best horror subgenres? And we went crazy on this one and went three rounds. Do y'all remember your answers? Fine, I'll tell you. Insane Mike said comedy, found footage, and zombie. Man, those are good. Thanks. Uh, Jason said gore, monster, religious. Excellent choices. Tad said slasher psychological and body that's that's really good and then andy says crazy redneck home invasion isolation 
Excellent answers. Well, guys, I got to tell you, there's winners and losers here. And with 6%, six long, oh, we got a lot of votes too. 6%, Andy, I'm sorry, pal. Just, you're out first. And in third place, <laughs> I, I couldn't get to the cricket sound. Uh, in third place, oh no, Insane Mike, 25%. That's bullshit. I mean, okay. Can't win them all. That's, there's That's definitely true. some really good and answers out there. Yes. Pretty close, uh, pretty close here on the second and first place, but. Um, Hard to beat the slashers. I know, but. I did, did with 38% of the vote. Woo! Tad with 31%. That was close. It was a good fight. And I can't believe Slashers didn't take it all. But, uh, yeah. So, sorry, awesome. Tad. I'm, I'm okay with it. I, you win every yeah. single I'll other say one. I'll win, the, I'll win the next one, so it's all good. <laughs> well, let's see how today goes. All right. We got a pretty fun one this time. Uh, what are your favorite movie... Horror movie doctors. Horror movie doctors. We're going to do a uh, two-round snake draft version. Let me do the se- random sequence generator. Uh, Mike's one. I'm two. Tad's three. Andy's four. Let's hit the button see what order we're going in. I'm nervous. Son of a... Okay, so... <laughs> Insane Mike's got the first and eighth pick. Yes. Ooh. Jason's got the second and seventh pick, and Andy has uh, third and sixth, and then Tad's on the turn with the fourth and fifth. So insane, Mike. <coughs> okay, so just to clarify, one oh one. Just to clarify, horror movie doctors doesn't necessarily have to be evil doctors, right? I think. I yeah. mean, it's a it's your game you're playing. I mean, how do you want to lose? Yeah, that's right. <clears throat> it sounds like you need to go see a doctor. That's right. I just want clarification before I say and steal it from everyone else. Okay, go ahead. Uh-huh. Dr. Loomis. See? Yep. Yeah, it was on the list. Mm-hmm. I'm going for the damn, damn votes this time. Suck He's off, off my list. Oh, well, I'll go ahead and just take the number one answer then, since that fell to me, and I'm going to go Herbert West. Fuck. The list. Uh-huh. <laughs> The real first. All right, so Andy. Um, God damn it. Um, there goes his two, so. Yep, those are <laughs> <Yeah>. his two. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not going to fucking win this thing now. Um, Just so he I had can more have, than two, right? I hope you. Had yes, I, yes, <laughs> okay, I did. But you. just, but just so I can, just so I can There's have somebody in. There. Yeah, I know, but I'll, I'll say, uh, Doctor Frankenstein. Yep, there you go. That's a good one. <clears throat> All right, Ted, you get the oh, fourth and fifth pick. That's tough. I have some. I have a huge list still. Me too. Me too. Um, I got a few more in my head. But I, I'm picking who I think people would actually vote for. Mm. Good luck mm. with that. I'm going to go with Dr. Hannibal Lecter. Uh-huh. Ooh, good pick. And then one that I just thought of, Dr. Satan. Ooh. Oh, yeah, that's right. I didn't have that on my list. Dr. Either. Satan. Yeah, I just saw House of Thousand Corpses again the other night, and 
he's fresh on my mind. So, Andy, you're up. Pick six. Okay, I want to. I want to get somebody that 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 they might want to vote for, but God damn it, my my heart my heart is saying. <laughs> uh, Uh, your heart said that oh, i think you need i think you need to see a doctor <laughs> yeah. uh i need yeah mm. i will say um what's what's the more popular one <laughs> I, in my head here uh-huh uh-huh uh dr moreau yep that was on my list yeah that was yep. on mine too yeah well, I'm so happy that my next two fell to me, and uh, I have to make a choice here. Uh, I will uh, say this. Um, yep. you, you can take this one if you want it, but I doubt you will. But I wanted to mention somebody from the Halloween franchise. I was damn near going to say Dr. Wim <laughs> from Halloween 5, Halloween 6, yep. Man in Black. Yep. That's, I mean, yeah, that would be a, a, a fair chance to lose. So, <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, but it was just like I wanted Needed the crickets again. Oh, I know. <laughs> um, so I'm going to go with a doctor that isn't necessarily a bad guy, but he's hands down just one of my of all the characters on this list is is one of my favorite, one of the greatest movies on this list. Easily, I'm going with. I knew it. Seth Brundle. Yeah, he's oh, on my list too. Oh, okay. oh yeah. That's right. He's he's taken over, you know. There's a point where he's very evil. Yep, yep, yep. His experiments backfire and do bad things. People die. Yep. Of an arm wrestling. Hell of an arm wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> and a wall climber. All right, Mike, finish it off. Pick eight. Oh, All there's right. some good ones here still. I'm going with Dr. Frankenfurter. Oh, I should have known. known. There's, That's there's so good. Did we go for said, round three? I was say round three. Oh, no, let's stop there. But Dr. Got, Dr. Giggles. Dr. Giggles yeah, was the Dr. first Giggles one. Dr. Giggles was on my list. Yeah. Yeah. Dr. Caligari. Absolutely. Oh, I forgot about Dr. Caligari. I had Dr. Dr. Demento. <laughs> He's, He's not in a horror I went. I'd put Doctor Fibes on mine. Oh, nice, Doctor oh, Frederick God. Frankenstein. <laughs> uh, yes, very good. Uh, there's Doctor Jekyll. Always. Yeah, Doctor Jekyll uh, was on mine. I had a sneaky uh, from, one. Uh, Frankenhooker, Doctor Jeffrey. Uh, oh yeah, that's good. Oh damn it, I can't think of his last name. Just Frank. Jersey Boy. Yeah, just call him Jersey Boy. <laughs> yeah. Fun sneaky one that Michael love. Uh, Mary Mason from American Mary. Mm-hmm. Oh, I thought I put up putting her ah, on my list, but I didn't. But... Yeah. All um, right. Yo, we got more. Oh yeah, I got a day. couple more. Uh, these are for Brian, uh, Doctor Butcher, MD. <laughs> oh sure. And Mad Doctor of Blood Island. Yep. Well, all right. Get your butts over to Twitter and uh, vote for who you think picked the best horror movie doctors, and that is Pole Position. All right. It's time to talk about some movies, guys. Yeah, let's do that. I mean, we are a horror movie podcast, right? So we should probably talk about some horror movies. Andy, what is our first Evil Doctor movie? Our first Evil Doctor movie comes to us from 1989, and it is called The Dead Pit. The mind, a place of infinite mystery. When the mind strays, 
it can become a place of fear. You next. Jane Doe is a victim of amnesia. I can't remember my past. That doesn't make me crazy. Here at State Hospital, they will unlock the doors to her hidden past. I have a terrible sense of danger here. Now, something powerful and terrifying will Jane be released from the dead. <laughs> when the mind of Jane Doe is opened. Colin Ramsey has come back from the other side of death. A terror long buried rises to life. He's come back for revenge. And he's come for me. Think your last thought. You can't kill me. And only the ones called insane are able to see the truth. Death is near. You're all going down! The distance between the depths of a damaged mind and the depths of hell is no greater than the thickness of a door. And now, the door is open. The dead pit, where man's worst nightmare rises from the dead. Okay, Dr. Ramsey, a deviant who enjoys torturing his patients, is killed by a fellow doctor and buried in the basement of a mental health facility. Twenty years later, the hospital is up and running again, and a Jane Doe arrives at the Institute with amnesia. Upon her arrival, a major earthquake rocks the building, unearthing the now undead Dr. Ramsey with his legion of zombie patients who are eager to help him continue his work. Okay. Um. Well, wow. All right. Um, it, it, it was, it was gory enough. Um, but I think like the version that I was watching, um, sometimes I couldn't understand a freaking word anybody was saying. Um, I'll, I'll rewind a little bit. I remember seeing this back like on video stores. Cause this is, oh, one, yeah, of, this is like, one of the great VHS boxes of all time. The V <laughs> absolutely. Because it had like this, it had like, I'm assuming what appears to be Dr. Ramsey, uh, it had a very ghoulish face, and it had uh, the uh, glowing red eyes for lights on the VHS cover, much like you see in in the film. And that was kind of the gimmick. Um, and it and it falls in the lines of like the Metamorphosis tape, or the Talking Frankenhooker tape, or the Talking Elvira tape. Too, I think I think there's one of those out there too. Um. Yeah, it's just uh, this, uh, the doctor played by Jeremy, uh, Dr. Swan, um, played by uh, Jeremy Slate. Um, he he eventually shoots this Dr. Ramsey, and then he dry putties the uh, wall shut where he uh, killed all these people. I mean, there's never really a concrete, well, you don't need a concrete explanation of how he's reanimating these people, but we don't even get like a even like the vaguest sense of how the hell he's doing it. He's just like, well, I've got formaldehyde. Well, okay. That, you know, helps preserve them for a while, you know, when they're still dead, not when they're not, you know, up and walking around, but okay, whatever. Uh, and then <laughs> this, um, 
then this this like they said this girl has a psychic link to this this Dr. Ramsey and uh these these dead people that are, you know, coming out, you know, after 20 years being, you know, locked away and seeking their revenge at this this mental facility and um yeah, and then, and of course, mayhem ensues, and basically, holy water, you know, ki- kills kills these people. And the one the one thing that really struck me is just like one one of the nurses looks like really eerily resembles Tiffany Sheppis to me. I mean, she just looked a lot like Tiffany Sheppis. Um, yeah, um, obviously, miniatures were used when they flooded this that that wing of the house that the hospital. You know, I mean, it's plain as day uh yeah i mean it's okay i remember this the jeremy slate guy as the preacher from uh lawnmower man because it was the same the, the same guy who directed this directed uh lawnmower man yep um yeah i mean it, it it's gory enough i mean it's it kind of it gave me vibes of kind of like a full moon feature um kind of film did you guys get that? Like a Charles Band? I wouldn't kind of... say that bad, man. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying that it's bad. I mean, I mean, but I'm not well, saying I'm, it's great. Well, I'm saying like if I'm saying it's a full, it's a full moon Charles Band thing. That's an <laughs> insult. Oh, if, if, that but personally, I would use that as an insult. <laughs> okay. Um. I, I don't know. I guess I, I wouldn't call it that. I said it kind of gave me vibes that way. Um, acting, not not the greatest, um, but it is it is what it is. I mean, I didn't I didn't hate it. I'm not in love with it. I mean, I could never watch it again and I'd be OK. Um, I mean, I don't know. I, I guess that's my that's my two cents. What What, what did you guys think? It was my first time watching it. I enjoyed it. Uh, it had some good nudity. It had some good violence, some gore, a ridiculous story. I don't know. I, maybe I, my expectations were low. Um, Mike's like lowered the bar so low, <laughs> right? Over the time that like when we get like a good like slate of three films that I you know I'm like okay this is a, I could rock this like it's been and it's been a while since we had anything like this so it, I don't know. It, you know, I was like expecting something much worse because I had never even heard of this. I didn't re- remember the VHS the, box. I I don't know. I thought it was okay. it was fine. The 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 fact that you know, I mean, like when you mentioned nudity, you know, just like I felt like the dream sequence with that chick cackling and shooting her with the hose was just put in there for the sake of nudity. And the fact that this this and girl I accept is, it. And, and yeah, I'm okay with that. Um, but it, the, the more ridiculous, ridiculous thing is that these, as a mental health patient that where she's staying, you know, they're just letting her in her, her sleeping arrangement is white cotton panties and a cutoff t-shirt, you know, in a mental facility that's co-ed, you know, it's just, it just seems so damn absurd that they would allow her to wear that. It seems extremely, ex- um, exploitive of her and her feminine wilds, but, uh, uh, apparently, according to IMDb, on the Code Red DVD release of the film, 
Uh, the actress reveals why her character spends a portion of the movie in a tiny tank top and bikini panties. Uh, apparently, the actress herself felt the normal-sized hospital gown made her look large, so she cut part of it off. And the more her outfit was washed, the more the gown shrunk and the underwear became tighter. So it's kind of her own fault. Like, she she did it to herself. You know, you watch this movie and you think, wow. like, oh, they are really being, you know, exploitive with uh, <clears throat> with her, her body in, in this outfit. But <laughs> she was the one who did it. <laughs> so, okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty much where Tad was, although I, I totally remember the cover and seeing it on the video shows because I'm way old, Tad says. But uh, yeah, really just the 80s goodness, um, crazy plot. I, I enjoyed the, the gore a lot. The, some good gore, yeah. Yeah, some some really wacky, crazy shit. And and that, that was definitely my favorite part. Otherwise, it was... I mean, it was also just the fuck, just fucked up. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> just nuts of a movie. But not say I followed it super hard. But me too. Yeah, I, I yeah. Uh, uh, fell in and out of it while I was watching it. But it, yeah, it, it didn't keep my attention. I will say, which is a bad sign. But it also wasn't like I wanted to turn it off. Bad. Exactly. Exactly. We're totally worth watching. I could see something like this being on the last drive-in. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, for sure something that Joe Bob would have something good to talk about on, you know, that would be a story like Mike just mentioned about the nightgown thing. That would be something Joe Bob (laughs) would rant about for 15 minutes. Yep. 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 (laughs) Um, yeah, I liked it. Uh, it wasn't anything. It, uh, I, I had never seen this before either, but. uh, Oh really? Yeah, exactly. I've never actually never rented it, but I, Played with that box every time I was at the video store. I'd light up the eyes and all that <laughs> stuff. Um, I don't know why. I think I just at the time felt like the more gimmicky the bot. I mean, you know, it was my you know I was in high school. Blah blah blah. You know, a little bit of you know a horror movie snob, and felt like the the more gimmicky the box, the worse the movie actually was, and uh, <clears throat> didn't have my full appreciation for that type of cinema back then that I do now. Um, but it's not a bad movie. No. Um, it's definitely low budget, uh, which for the mid to late 80s lump of of low budget direct-to-video films, it's got some cool stuff like the gore and everything. And I like the look of the evil Dr. Ramsey, you know, with the bullet wound in his head and the glowing red eyes. Um, it's a cool, cool look. Uh, could be maybe like a you know could have been made into like a, maybe an iconic look of a of a you know killer for a franchise uh, if only the movie was a bit better. Um, <clears throat> um, but it, there's it, and it's weird and it's it's and I and yeah I'm with you guys don't fully understand grasp of what was going on, but it felt like there was something missing that makes it that would make it stand out amongst the other films of its of its time period. You know, it, it definitely doesn't have like a Frankenhooker, um, Frankenhooker appeal to it or a, like a street trash or there's no humor. Yeah. Or, or, a, or a bad no. taste or whatever. I mean, maybe that's what it is missing. The, the humor, because there's definitely a lot of weirdness. There's some gore, but I just feel like there's something missing that would make this more of a cult classic, like other films of its, of its type from that era. Um, 
I love the look of the film. You know, I'm a sucker for for uh, you know super low budget '80s look. The thing though, I just looked it up that blows my freaking mind. It was actually shot 35. I would have guessed like like 16, but 35. I mean, it has had it has a lesser film stock quality to it that I like. Um, so to find out that it was actually shot on 35, I don't know, maybe it was the, the type of cameras they were using or whatever, but, uh, or the lack of experience <clears throat> of his using it. Uh, maybe that too. Who knows? Um, yeah, it's pretty I mean, low it was budget. Still, yeah. Still shot, I think competently, but it's just the film stock Ooh. looked way lesser than 35 than I would have guessed. And this can be viewed on shutter. That's right. Use that promo code AOTKP. Right. Okay, Tad, what's our next movie? Our next movie is a new one from 2021. It is False Positive. So, you two need a little help. I will give you the best possible chance of getting pregnant. How does that sound? That sounds great. Am I going to be one of those women who has it all? My career or my kids? My old man by my side? Who are you calling old? You are 100% pregnant. <laughs> Welcome to the family. How are you? A little crazy. I am seeing things. Honey, me too. I'm having the wildest mommy brain lately. I don't I don't think it's mommy brain. I think Dr. Indel did something. I think they're in on it. In on what? Dr. Indel gives me a bad feeling. I want to see someone more natural. There's a lot of voodoo out there. We just want to make sure that you get the best possible care. Confront whatever it is that's blocking you from you. I'm not crazy. They're trying to make me think I'm crazy. Doing great, Lucy. Just push. Shit is no joke, right? Yeah. Okay, it's really scary. Brilliant. Okay, false positive. After months of trying and failing to get pregnant, Lucy and Adrian finally find their dream fertility doctor in the illustrious Dr. Hindle, played by Pierce Brosnan. But after becoming pregnant with a healthy baby girl, Lucy begins to notice something sinister through Hindle's gleaming charm, and she sets out to uncover the unsettling truth about him and her own birth story, as if getting pregnant weren't complicated enough. So, uh, yeah, this is a modern film. I'm guessing this was something that was supposed to be put in the theaters because it's from A24, um, unfortunate name, uh, timing wise, uh, you know, coming out during a pandemic called oh. false positive. <laughs> right. Um, 
but interesting to see, you know, a comedic actress in Alana Glazer from, uh, what, uh, help me out here. Uh, the comedy central show. Um, <coughs> thanks guys. I uh, don't know. I'm, I'm getting there. I'm sorry. I don't want to. No, I, I'm looking, looking it up. Uh, well, she was in rough night. The Broad night city. Before. Broad City, thank you, Jason. The night before, she's uh, a stand-up comedian, and to have her like play a very, very serious hmm. role, and I think oh, yeah. uh, she was like a producer on this too, um, and writer, and a writer, yeah, a co-writer with the uh, director John Lee. Um, interesting cast to see Pierce Brosnan play like a sinister doctor. Really cool. Um, yeah, some. I mean, I don't have any kids, and uh, you know, I don't need another reason not to ever want one. But here's another one. <laughs> here's another reason, right? And you know, it's like they should show this to kids in high school. Like, don't get pregnant. Um, I don't know, man. This I, I this has some pretty um, false positive, or you could say negative reviews online. Um, hmm, really. <laughs> people aren't loving it i thought it was pretty good i, I it was on it was on my list for a long time uh and of course that a24 logo at the beginning might uh, be uh yeah. clouding me and jason's judgment sure. a little bit but uh you know i i i didn't maybe going into it with uh low expectations because of the negative reviews uh helped it out too but i thought it was very well made very good performances freaked me out um pierce brosnan is is a charming evil motherfucker in this uh yeah really cool what'd you guys think well that's what's great about it is that like it plays it pretty straight for quite a while you just you just you just give a nut just a hints of creepy vibe that you're like something's up right why are we watching this if not something's up but they don't really give it away for quite a while and that, I, don't know, I really like that it's, yeah slowly build it up uh and it's like oh this is sort of a heartwarming movie but you know it's not going to end well so yeah. Um, I I'm, I agree with Tad on certain points. I think it's shot well. I think it's performed well. I think it looks really good. But I'm not. the The, the story just seems like Lifetime Movie Channel with a budget to me. It, you know, I mean, with a little bit of weirdness thrown in to make it a horror movie. I mean, it just, it, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I need to give it another chance. I'm not saying that like the performances were, weren't really good because they were, um, you know, Pierce Brosnan. I love seeing Gretchen mole and stuff. Yeah, she's back um, again. That's great. Yeah. Uh, I'm just, I'm not, uh, I don't know. It didn't really just, you know, draw me in i mean just i mean just because it's like just because it's got a24 in front of it doesn't automatically make it like you know a great movie um there's a reason it went to hulu and not you know (laughs) theaters or you know elsewhere to to be fair uh it's just uh, i i just feel like it's yeah i don't know it uh, yeah it's yeah, it just it didn't do much for me. It 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 just didn't. It. I'm sorry. I I can't really you add. Should be, my, you should be honest, and that's good to you know be honest about it. it you don't, well, you don't have to and, like and it. I. 
And I and I usually am, and I mean, and I'm not running it down because it's it's not it's not a it's not a bad movie, but I just it just it just feels for you kind of thing. Yeah, it just feels it feels too lifetime for me. I mean, it's just like it feels like yeah, it's it's too it's almost too bland. I mean, it's and that could be the subject matter, probably maybe some of that maybe. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, I'm uh, definitely more on the other side. I, I enjoyed the hell out of it. I, the the acting was great. All those, everyone was awesome in it. Yeah. Um, uh, Pierce was just unsettingly nice. <laughs> and yeah, yeah. I was like, gosh, dang it. And the, and then just the little things of like Gretchen Mull, uh, just, she just dumped the lube on this this thing and then he'd just sit and rub it for a while like what is happening that's not that's creepy quit it but uh the Richard Mole has no gag reflex that's oh, the best Jesus, part of the <laughs> oh my god <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, but it was all I mean I, I liked it all but the highlight for me was the A24 part of the movie and I don't I won't say it in a spoiler way but at the moment near the end where she goes to the windows with the babies. I'm just like, mother, I fucking loved yeah. that whole sequence. Yep. Yeah. God dang. Cause I'm just mouth, just jaws on the floor. Like, did she, oh my, it was so great. Oh man, I loved it. And then it was okay. But you know, like, gosh, that to me, that felt like the A24 moment of the movie. And I just, I loved oh, yeah. it so much. And, and the climax, her all bloody going on a rampage you know, was, was yeah, hell, uh, yeah. awesome ending. I felt for real. Yeah, no, I, I was pleasantly surprised. Mike, you haven't said shit. <laughs> why did you hate this movie? Oh, why do you assume I I'm hate just, it? You were quiet. I'm letting you guys talk. Yeah. Not a big fan. So of I, this yeah. one. <laughs> <laughs> Too normal and, and slow. And I was yeah. going to ask if you yeah. could guess why I didn't like it. Just and did. I'm going to tell you you're wrong. Oh. I didn't really find it as slow as you probably would think I would find it. Um, I was invested. I was invested in I was invested in her. I was invested in what was going on. Um, yeah, Pierce Bronson is, you know, just creepy and charming as a motherfucker. Um, you know, but uh um it just it just felt way too rose rosemary's baby with nothing really new added to the mix uh for me um you know it, it just kind of felt like connect the dots to the plot of rosemary's baby without me actually fully at least with rosemary's baby i understand what their intent was well luckily I, i've never seen <clears throat> rosemary's baby so Ted, oh really come on oh, wow I know it's on my list. I know. Um, I'm gonna have to do a uh, first time. I saw I know, the, it's it's on the first time list. The the main character, uh, Adrian, is the same name as the baby fathered by Satan in Rosemary's Baby. Hmm. Intentional, um, clearer, yeah. And uh, that and that's the thing. Like it 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 just it just felt. I don't want to say it was too predictable because I hate that. Um, I hate. Uh, saying something is say, saying something's negative because it's too predictable, but it's just it just it felt like again connecting the dots the same you know storyline and plot of Rosemary's Baby, but at the end of this I don't under I don't think I fully understand 
his motivation for what he did, the our evil doctor in this. It just didn't make sense to me. Really? This whole plot of it, of him making more versions of himself. What? Yeah. Okay. I don't know. It just didn't seem like it. It's the ultimate ego maneuver of all time. Okay. Fathering the new world. I get it. I mean, I understand it. It's not the most There should be more of me out there. but. But... Yeah, yeah. No, uh, I I do agree. I mean, the it's a nightmare is- of the situation of in vitro fertilization, right? Like, how do you know for real where this is coming from? Yeah, like that has to be a fear for all parents in general. So, oh, sure, absolutely. You know, place on that, mm. <clears throat> but uh, and I, I and I'll say the ending stuff was pretty cool. Although I was a, a little bummed out. After the window thing, that, <laughs> that it was that it wasn't right, right, right. You know, sure. And it's like ah, oh, you could just ended it there, and I'd, that'd have been that'd have been cool and disturbing. But uh, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, and then it just it kept going, and so <laughs> I, I'm not going to say that I hated it. Uh, I was invested. I you know I didn't ever want to turn it off. I wasn't watching my watch or anything because I don't have a watch. But uh, but yeah, uh, definitely not not my favorite A twenty four film. Uh, not mine either. But yeah. <clears throat> um. So yeah, I yeah, I'm just kind of, I guess, thumbs down. But I didn't hate it. Jason, what's our last movie? Oh man, we're in for a doozy. It's from nineteen ninety eighty eight. How many? Okay, I can't read my writing here. Um, it's one of my favorite sequels of all time. It's Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. The vision is renewed. The power is reawakened. Fear is reborn because they have returned. Time to play. Hellbound, Hellraiser 2. Brace yourself for terror you have never imagined. Your suffering will be legendary even in hell. And horrors you can never escape. And you wanted to know. Now you know. Last year, they brought hell to earth. Now, they'll take you through hell. Hellbound, Hellraiser 2, time to play. (laughs) Confined to a mental hospital, young 
Kirsty Cotton insists her supposedly dead father is stuck in hell, controlled by sadomasochistic demons after being betrayed by his evil, occult-obsessed wife, Julia. Few believe Kirsty, except the thrill-seeking Dr. Channard, who is intrigued by S&M and the young woman's lurid stories. So when Kirsty and fellow patient Tiffany... Head to hell for a rescue. Channard and Julia are close behind. Directed by Tony Randall. Amazing score. Back again, Christopher Young. This movie's awesome. Can I say one thing real quick? Oh, please. <laughs> Is it critiquing how I read that? So, no, you're, okay. you're. I didn't want to interrupt you. <laughs> I know, good. But I wanted to say this after the trailer, because I'm over here laughing my ass off to myself. Because as soon as I heard the trailer, it all come flooding back to me. In the uh, Gorgang High School movie-making days, I made a trailer to uh, one of our films called Gut Reactions 2. And I used a lot of audio from this trailer for for our trailer. And yeah, and just hearing it again, it just brings back our my trailer I made. And it's just it's just funny. I cut out like all the dialogue and then all the movie dialogue and just used the narration, the narration of the trailer. And uh, any, of course, anytime you mention the title of the movie, I'd cut that out too. But like just hearing some of those lines he was saying, I was just laughing, laughing hysterically to myself. Cool. <laughs> 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 Thanks. Now we're laughing out loud. But yeah, man, this movie's so freaking good. The effects are just amazing. I just can't get up. enough of the oh my skinless God, yes. dude. Jesus, I could just his scenes are so. I just love it. You guys, the first time watches for you three. Yeah. Oh no, I'm <laughs> seeing this movie. first time this so year, many. maybe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So many. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll start on mine if, if yeah, everybody's cool with that. It. Uh, I just want to say that the shit that, you know, Clive Barker was coming up with <laughs> in the late eighties, like, like, Mike like Mike said, like, well, yeah, just, you know, his creativity has, oh, is, yeah. has never been surpassed in my opinion. The only person that can even come close and he still has ways to go is Lee Wannell. Um, but that, that being said, um, this, you know, like I said, just the characters and, and the gore, I mean, it's still good by, you know, today's standards. Um, and since we're talking about, you know, the evil doctors and, and such, I mean, they need to make a ultimate Dr. Chandler, Ch- uh, Chenard, because the original one, that son of a bitch is way too much money. Um, I, Tad, do you have that figure? I do not. Oh God, I look. I looked it up because I want one. Oh my God, it's like two, three hundred dollars. It's nuts. Yep. Um. Anyway, anyway, um, back back to back to our characters. You know, just it's good to see. You know, you know Frank come back. I mean, good to see Claire Higgins come back as uh, as Julia. Which back in eighty eight, I thought Julia was kind of a babe. Um, 
the just you know giving us the backstory to uh captain elliot spencer who became pinhead you know just that whole sequence where he's in that barracks and you know in in world war one when he first when he first gets the box great great stuff um i remember you know very vividly um when Christy is able to remind the Cenobites, you know, that they were once human. And I, I, I think I was like 12 when I first saw this and I wanted to stand up and cheer when they turned good for a second. I felt yeah. like it was like, it was like, a, you know, since I was a wrestling fan, since I was like five years old, it was like watching a bad guy turn good yeah like on yeah. screen and i just wanted to i was like oh you are fucked now pal <laughs> and i'm just like i'm, I'm getting so excited <laughs> and it lasted like a span of five guys yeah, and then the cinnabites like, were taking oh, out like a bunch of little it. bitches yeah it was i'm just like oh man and it just it broke my heart but i was so damn happy for like those five seconds i was like on top of the fucking world um I only, uh, you know, I I love this movie. I mean, I still think it's probably, in my opinion, the best Hellraiser sequel. You know, hands down, oh, yeah. easy. I'd say the best Hellraiser movie, personally. Oh, I'm with you. The, yeah. For the longest time, it's, this was always my favorite. It's <clears throat> it's it's really close. I'd say it's it's probably about a tie for me. Um, for between one between one and two, but. My only one complaint about this movie, and I do, um, I do want to ask you guys before I get to my one complaint: Did you guys spot the Alistair Crowley photo in uh, Doctor Channard's office as they come in through the window? Oh no, I missed it. There's a there's a Alistair Crowley uh, photo in there. Um, the one thing is, I think that there is way too many lament configurations in this movie. I think there should only be a finite amount of these things. I think it, it I think it waters down the importance of of the box. I mean, I always was under the uh, the impression that you don't go and find the box. Your desire leads you to the box. The box basically finds you. Well, what and, do you mean and, by and, too many boxes, though? Well, you you go to that one scene in um in the mental hospital, and you see like all the mental patients. They're they're fucking around with all these boxes, and they got the hooks see, in their faces. And there's just like two or three of them in Channard's um office. See the in the mental hospital scene in the bit when they're all playing with them in the beds. I always just took that as that they're in hell. Those aren't real boxes that's just what what they're seeing in hell but i don't know but then again like once uh once they get when they escape hell like everybody's dead in the hospital so i don't know maybe uh, it was. yeah i mean i just i just i just i was like man it's just you you gotta you gotta make you know make sure that i think there should be like you know maybe two or three of these things tops you know, which is, you know, why there's only like a, you know, three or four, you know, set of bites, you know, that it created. Um, because I think the box usually finds them because they have this desire to know what's beyond, 
you know, their their mortal coil. What what's beyond this world? You know, is there is there a hell? Is there you know what's your pleasure, sir? You know that kind of thing. Um, but that's my only small little complaint. I think I just think that there was like too many boxes, and it watered down the importance of you know the box and and what it, and what it brings to the table. But it's a small bitch. But other than that, this movie is fucking outstanding. I've always loved the Hellraiser series. Um, some of them just you know. I wish would go away like a bad fart, you know, like how like Inferno, for instance, but we've talked about that. But anyway, that's that those are that that's my take on this film. Um, yeah, I love, love, love this movie. It was always my favorite out of the entire franchise. Um, I mean, one one has grown on me more that m- maybe it might take its place, but uh, I got to see this sucker in the theater when it originally came oh, out. Nice. Yeah, I remember seeing it and seeing this movie and um, Child's Play in the theater, same movie theater, and um, I got uh, ID'd for Child's Play, but not for Hellbound Hellraiser Two. So <laughs> interesting. You weren't young enough to play with a good guy, <laughs> but uh, but I was definitely old enough apparently to see like skinless S and M getting ripped off. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, just uh, all the imagery in this movie is is just great. Um, this time around, watching it though, can we can we say that this movie? Takes I I don't want to call ripping off because I still love this movie, but I definitely feel there's some connections to Nightmare on Elm Street three in this movie. I mean, both movie in the real world takes place in mental hospitals. You have the the quiet mousy blonde who has the ability to take you to the other realm, and then you've got like the um, <clears throat> you've got like the the dark haired girl who knows knows what's going on and teams up with the one doctor that uh that believes her. Now in this movie that one doctor gets his ass fucking killed. Um but uh I just yeah. I don't know, I just found found uh some connecting tissues there between the two movies. So like the the Tiffany is sort of like the Patricia Arquette character combined yeah. with Joey. Yeah, and Kristen Joey is, doesn't talk. And Kristen's um obviously yeah. uh Nancy, you know, but yeah. uh, I, I kind of see the. I kind of see where you're going there, and I'm. I was with you there too. Like I love that moment so much when oh, like yeah. the Cenobites, uh, you know, discover their humanity and and defend defend Kristen against the evil Doctor guy. But uh, always, 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 even at the time, just so disappointed how quickly they were taken out. Yeah. Uh, you know, like Pinhead has one move and then it's over. <laughs> you know. Um, and, but at the same time, like, you know, you say there's only like four, four Cenobites or whatever. I feel like there's probably been millions of Cenobites. They're just horrible at their job because even (laughs) the doctor who's now this big badass Cenobite, who's taken out the other Cenobites, he gets taken out super easily too by his, by his own means. Like he sticks his little tentacle knife thing into the floor and ends up can't pull, tries to pull it apart pull it out so hard that he ends up ripping his own head off uh, a classic but, dummy move like a clumsy cenobite yes exactly so the <laughs> it's his own head <laughs> head torn off by a giant you know phallic you know <laughs> octopus thing whatever. um spoilers for a movie over 
you know, 20 years old, almost 30 years old. Gets whatever. his head ripped off by a giant dickhead. But uh, I still love that moment when um, when uh, Kristen is, or is it Kristen? Kirsty. 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 Is wearing um, Julia's skin, you know, to distract the doctor. And peels off the face. And that makeup still holds up because there's that, th- those little shots where, um, of Julia, where it's still the actress Julia, but her face is all droopy looking, like the the fake skin is falling, and especially yeah. that part where she's trying to to save the girl and the and the skin's just peeling off. Um, it just looks so. It still looks so badass, and it, it's so cool that transition of like the actress Julia ripping the ripping her face off to. Oh, the actress uh, uh, Kirsten um, finishing ripping the face off, and it looks—it just looks so cool. Wow. I just love, just love the uh, makeup work in this movie so much. The but the most—I um, know I forgot to include this—but the most cringe-inducing thing for me is when that guy's going off with that straight razor on that mattress. Oh, that yes. still makes me so cringe. fucked. Oh. Yeah. Uh, and the thing is he like, you know, you know, he's, he's crawling away at his arms and his chest. Did you see him take a swipe at his groin? Oh yes. There's a part where he takes a swipe at his, it's like, he's like, he's ready to hack his freaking winky off. Yes. And I'm just like, Jesus (laughs) Christ. I'm just like, I don't remember that. God damn. Yeah. I know. I've seen this movie dozens of times and it wasn't this last viewing, but the viewing before, cause didn't, didn't Joe Bob do this one? He did, yeah. yeah. So I remember watching and watching it on Joe Bob after not seeing it for years and catching it then. I'm just like, holy crap, the guy's cutting his his wee wee. Yeah. He's cutting the winky and the wee wee in heck razor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah this this movie was one that um, was sort of like a not it was in the middle of like you know i've seen friday the 13th and um halloween and then a lot of horror stuff and then you get to dig a little bit deeper and it's like oh okay this one's really fucked like there's it, it um expanded my horizons a little bit um you know i obviously didn't see it in theaters because i was not quite three years old when it came out mm-hmm. um i was Number two two, two turning three soon um <laughs> but no, but uh, no, this was one day again that I would like show friends like come over and like, let's watch Hellraiser mm-hmm. two. And it felt like something you shouldn't be watching because it's just really gross, but also not just gross to be gross. It was very there was nothing else out there like it that had the leather and, you know, I mean, just uh, Clive Barker, just something completely different. And right. uh, yeah, there's nothing else like this out there uh, combining, you know, s- the sensual with the bondage with the horror and yeah, Exquisite just pain. Yeah. Just, uh, it felt at the time like a big, uh, very risky, very naughty. naughty yeah. And, and this has always been to me, my favorite of the franchise. Of course you need the original to set this yeah, up. Yeah. yeah. yeah and of course the ending sequel to, the ending of the first one yeah right I mean, and that ending is is <laughs> the original is is probably one of the creepiest scenes of the whole franchise with the face you know and jesus wept and then it gets right into this and and just the 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 scene with the razor blade the um body coming out of the floor uh you know rebuilding right. itself just gooey and gross and yeah just rad i i love this one 
And it's like the it's the Empire Strikes Back of Hellraisers, right? <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> um, well, I, this time around, for some reason, I found that all the dead bodies hanging from the hanging in the murder room really disturbing this this, this time mm. around. And also, oh, oh, one thing I'll nitpick is that you know when they uh, in the beginning when they um, are going through uh, when the cops are going through the house and the guy comes across the one body and shoots at it um <laughs> and then and but then he opens the thing and then there's there's another body in there and um so there's two bodies but then when the cop um um reports in he said they found one more body I'm like no you guys found two more bodies what are you talking about Stop looking too much into it. Yeah, I know, but I was really fixated on the on the corpses in the in, in this movie this time around because they're mm. just so realistic and gross looking and just in different stages too, which is really cool. I mean, my nitpick always when I first saw this and I still sort of get distracted by it is like when you know we see people without skin, they still have like ears and stuff that they shouldn't have. Yeah. Yeah. On the anatomy, but uh, you know, it's it's Hellraiser, dude. Like there's no rules, you know. Yeah. I love this the little subtle things too, when Julia's wrapped in bandages and just just those little moments of blood like either leaking through a bandage or that part where, you know, she, um she's like is it is it her or the doctor's like touching her lips and and pulls the fing pulls the finger away from the lips and it's just this little tiny thing of blood that that is on the bandages at that point there was there was continuity about you know how the bandages need to be wrapped when i watched the documentary i mean it was like really they were really kind of anal retentive about that uh, to make sure that the, the continuity was right when the you know they kept on shooting you know that the bandages were exact same place when they kept, when they kept, had to keep rewrapping her yeah, that. Yeah, I'm watching it and I'm thinking to myself as an effects artist, it's like, man, how are we gonna uh, how are we gonna make our days if we have to do her up in this like <laughs> skinless uh, makeup from head to toe every single day? Oh, I know. Let's that wrap her in bandages. Claire Higgins, though. Yeah, yeah, I know. Um, <clears throat> oh, I know. Up. Let's wrap her in bandages. Oh, wait. Now we got to pay attention to the continuity of the bandages. It's gonna take twice <laughs> as long. <clears throat> Hard to believe this is directed by the same guy who did Ticks and Amityville 1992. It's about time. That part is baffling. <laughs> wow. Hey, I mean, the same guy who did Halloween 2 did Halloween Resurrection, so. Oh, yeah. Damn. Yeah, and the, never know. And the same, <laughs> just never know. And the same co-writer of the original Texas Chainsaw Massacre directed Texas Chainsaw Massacre Next Generation. You just never know. That's right. Okay, well, that's it for our discussion on Evil Doctors. But hey, what? there's still more show to come. Oh, good. We're going to take a quick break so you can hear about our podcast network called the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. The PFPN is home to 30 different shows, including Podcast from the Crypt, which is hosted by horror fanatics Chainsaw Paul and permanent guest host Wolfman... Wolfman... Mimo. Mimo. Yeah. <laughs> Two guys who love all aspects of the horror genre. Join them as they share their thoughts and opinions on new and classic horror movies, video games, ghost ghost stories, and all things horror. 
You check them out and all the other shows at thepfpn.com. When we come back, it'll be segments time here on the show. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. It's segments time on the show. We're going to start out by hearing from you guys, the listeners. Here's Jason with shoutouts. It's time for shoutouts. All right, we asked, what are your favorite horror films with evil doctors? And on Facebook, we got Lisa from the Bad Movie Bunny podcast. She says, Cabinet of Dr. Calamari. I'm just kidding. She's <laughs> Caligari. I always want to say it. Uh, we got Brian Clark. He says, Reanimator, Frankenstein. Which one? Take your pick. They're almost all great. The Brain, Sweet Sugar. Bear Behind Bars, B-A-R-E. It's a crazy prison nurse, not a doctor, but the movie is so great. Who cares? And the immortal, inimitable Blood Island movies. I knew it. I knew it. Should have. (coughs) Sorry. Uh, Then we got uh, Tim Lennerer. He says, if you put Jeffrey Combs in surgical scrubs and have him go bad, it's going to be a good time. In the 1999 House on Haunted Hill, if I remember right, he doesn't even have any dialogue in the movie. He's just there to look inhumanly evil through a camera viewfinder. Dr. Dr. Vandekut. Yeah. Yeah, very good. Anton Fibes had a doctorate in music and theology, didn't he? If we're not saying mad surgeons, but just any supervillain with a PhD or two, he's got to be on the list. Heck yeah. And Dr. Channard from Hellraiser 2 also should be there as well. Running an asylum so that you can uncover the secrets of hell itself. No no matter how many innocents have to die, that's not nearly as great as his rapturous expression when he's surgically butchered into a demon of exacting torment. And then Nick Leadham says, Combs was pretty fun in Hammerhead. And then over in the Facebook group, um, we got Casey Kelderman. That's a new attacker. Casey, he says, Brian Usna's The Dentist. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. 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 We got author Derek Botello. He says, obviously, Rosemary is the best. Hear that, Justin Beam? Can you hear it over Dr. Sheehan's flute? <laughs> And then we have our newest of all time, our super awesome new favorite attacker, Abram Kirshner, the Abster. He says, the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Thank you, Ted. Sputnik. Thank you, Andy. I'm pretty sure he was the one who mentioned that one years ago. It was Jason. And for the pure creativity of the plot, pathology is one I found randomly back in the day. 
pathology. I don't mm. know that one. Uh, we had nothing on Twitter, but over on Instagram, Unsung Horrors chimed in. And this is going to shock you, Mike, but she okay. says, uh-huh. Dr. Butcher. Yes. Yeah. Right. Yes. Right. Uh, sadly, no uh, voicemails today, unless somebody chimes in before I edit this. It would go here. Hey, everybody. Attacker Brian again for my bi-weekly weekly phone call. Sounds like we're talking about evil doctors this episode. Evil doctors. Now, this is open to interpretation. So, you could go reanimator. Is he evil? Is he just trying to be an evil scientist, doctor? I kind of go with Penn. Again, interpretation. I love Penn. The doctor, the guy, the dad. Kind of an asshole. I'm not sure if he's evil or not. Then you go with Dr. Giggles, the eyes of my mother. There's a lot of interpretation when it comes to saying evil. I like to leave that up to me and all the listeners. Hope you guys have a great week. Talk to you later. Bye. Uh, you can always give us a call and leave one at 415-952-6857 or 415-95-AOTKP. Leave us that voicemail and you'll get your voice on the show. That's shout outs. Oh, man, just when you thought this world couldn't get any weirder. Right. Here's Recasting with Christian Slater. Greetings and salutations, and welcome to another episode of Recasting with Christian Slater. Sorry about the sporadic episodes, but when you're dealing with drug addiction, animated characters, and people who have been dead for well over two decades, it's a little difficult to get people together. In this week's episode, we'll be traveling back to the days of disco drugs and, for lack of a better term, dick. No, not Tuesday night at the Casa del Busey. And not Richard Nixon. Actual dick. This week we slaughter a scene from Paul Thomas Anderson's magnum condom opus, Boogie Nights. As always, let's introduce our cast. Playing the role of Dirk Diggler, the lead protagonist with the ability to prolapse a rectum with a single pelvic thrust, is series mainstay Don Knotts. Say hello, Donnie. I've had it prolapse into something you don't want. The only thing I remember before it happened was a bottle of nitrous oxide and a tire iron. Another series first, you managed to step over Donnie's intro and managed in a single sentence to make the porn industry less sleazy by comparison to your own life. Congratulations. Ah, <laughs> quit busting balls, Slater. Do I get a fluffer for this episode? You know, like in real porn? <laughs> Ask Busey. <laughs> Playing the role and playing the role of mentor and father figure to Dirk, Jack Horner is the Prince of Fucking Darkness, Ozzy Osbourne. You up to playing a porn director, Oz? Are you fucking joking, man? 
When I'm doing the groupies can't even be filmed. I'm doing shit there isn't even fucking names for. The Alaskan Pipeline? That was me, man. <laughs> what the fuck is an Alaskan Pipeline? It's where you take a turd and you put it in the freezer. Shut the fuck up, Gary. <laughs> Reading for the role of Johnny Doe with a very limited screen time, thank God, is Gary Busey. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Now, after it's Frodo reading <laughs> for the role of Amber Waves and having similar color along the lines of carpet and drapes is Bullwinkle, is Bullwinkle Moose. You ready to get your ginger on, Bullsy? Of course, my dear Christian. Everyone is in the mood for carrot crotch cake. <laughs> it's, tr it's true. <laughs> on that disturbing visual, let's get on with the script. <clears throat> Exterior, Jack's house, pool area, day. Moments later. Jack is still sitting in the same spot. Johnny Doe is drying off. Dirk comes charging out. I'm ready to shoot! We need 20 minutes. No, I'm ready now! It's got to be now! 20 minutes. Fuck it! Hey! No, hey, Jack! I'm ready now! My cock is ready now. I'm ready to fuck. Let's go now. Oh, I want to start fucking. Who's it going to be? This reminds me of my first piano recital. <laughs> we can't even make it one fucking page, can we? <laughs> Sorry, please continue. What? Who do you want me to, who do you want to fuck? Me or him? Her point to Johnny Doe. Me? What? Shut up! <laughs> I didn't do anything to you. You're not an actor, man. You got no business here. You're not an actor. Yes, I am. No, I'm the actor, man. I'm a real actor. Shut up. Kirk makes a quick karate-type move towards Johnny Doe, who flinches, but, get quick, but quickly gets into a karate stance of his own. Joe, you need to settle down. Go inside, have a drink, <laughs> mellow this off. Do you understand? I'm ready to shoot! Well, I'm not. I'm not going to tell you again, Jack! I'm not going to shoot you in the state you're in, Jack. What do you mean, state? State? State of California? I know where the fuck I am, Jack. Wait a minute, are we really in California? <laughs> please, please, guys, just, just power through. Jesus Christ, you've been up for two days. I haven't been up for two days. Nevertheless, you look like you've been up for two days, so I ain't gonna shoot you like this because you don't look good. You don't tell me anything! Really? You're not the boss of me! Yes, I am. Oh, you're the, oh, you're the king, huh? Yes. Jack push, pushes Dirk away. Don't you fucking touch me, man! Dirk, honey, why don't we go for a walk? 
You shut up too. You're not my mother or me of me or my boss. You're not my mother. You're not my fucking mom. Dirk, please, honey. Reed. Reed comes over to the fight. Take him home, Reed. I don't need this. No, no, I want to shoot the scene. I'm ready to shoot the scene. I'm fine. I don't want you here. Look, it's over. All right? I'm done. I'm ready to shoot. You listen to me now, kid. Don't call me a kid. I'll fuck you up. You want to see me kick some ass? You want to fuck with me? I know karate, so come on. Whoa. Rage, Jack lunges at Dirk. <laughs> Dirk. You are fired. I'm the biggest star here. That's the way it is. I want to fuck. It's my big dick. So everybody get ready right fucking now. True. Go slay to your cock, Dottie. <laughs> Don't you fucking dare. <laughs> You know, I'm kind of curious myself at this point. Notch, you pull your dick out and I swear to God I'll let Busey fluff you. <laughs> Don't you threaten me with a good time. <laughs> Start reading, Notch. You know what? Fuck this! Fuck this! Fuck you! Fuck all of you! You're not my bosses! No one is the king of me! I'm the king of Dirk! Dirk runs away, gets behind the wheel of his Corvette, and tears off, bleeding all the way. Reed, Jack, Amber, Scotty, Johnny Doe, and the rest of the crew watch him. This concludes our episode of Recasting with Christian Slater. And remember, I'm only going to ask you once more, and I'm going to ask you nice. Where the fuck is Ringo, you bitch? <laughs> Born in Decoder, Illinois, he began his film career in a distinctly Corman-esque style, directing a string of successful B-movies in Florida in the early 1990s. These include the home video cable hit uh, Dark Universe and Jacko, as well as the cult classic Vampire Trailer Park. For this Insane's Picks Hall of Fame, we induct director Steve Latshaw. Nice. Steve got his start directing and producing late night horror, uh, producing the late night horror host show Doctor X's Cinemondo that aired on local television in Orlando, Florida. The show ran for three seasons, starting in 1989 and ended in 1992. Each episode was shown on Friday nights, and when the second season began, that's when Steve came on board as a producer. His first film he produced and directed was Vampire Trailer Park in 1991, which is a horror comedy about a detective and a psychic that investigate a series of murders at a trailer park and suspect some of the residents of doing the killings. And those residents just happen to be vampires. He then would later start making movies for Fred Olin Ray, beginning with Dark Universe in 1993. Fred and Steve made several movies together uh, while in Florida. Steve ended up relocating in Los Angeles, where he continued his career as both writer and director. With a filmography of around 30 films that span from 1991 all the way to 2012, 
Some of my some of my personal favorites include Return of the Killer Shrews from 2012 that I actually got to see in a theater with Steve Latshaw at the B-Movie Celebration. I am also a huge fan of Death Mask and, from 1995, which stars James Best and Linnea Quigley. And of course, gotta love Jacko from 1995, which has a slew of great people in it. It's got Linnea Quigley, Brink Stevens, Cameron Mitchell, and John Carradine, seven years after his death. The film also stars Steve's own son, Ryan Latchaw, in the lead role. As much as I love Jacko, the commentary track on the DVD is even better. It's one of the greatest commentary tracks of all time, hands down. It features both Steve Latchaw and Fred Olin Ray. And during the commentary, things get a little heated between the two men, to the point where Steve walks out of the recording. There are theories that this was all an act. Whether it is or isn't real, doesn't matter. It makes for one of the most entertaining commentary tracks ever. Steve's body of work um, are a staple of B-movies from the 1990s, and they're always an entertaining ride whenever I pop one in. So for this episode of Insane's Picks Hall of Fame, we induct writer, producer, and director Steve Latshaw. Yeah. Totally partied with that guy. We did party with that guy. And Fred Olin Ray was there too, and they were civil with each other. So I'm assuming that the commentary track was fake. <laughs> it's awesome, though. You should really listen to it. It's, it just, Steve gets so mad at Fred. It's so funny. Anyway. That is it, folks, for another episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. I want to thank you all for listening. And remember, if your child is born without eyelids and the doctor recommends an experimental surgery to, cir- to circumcise your child and take the foreskin and make new eyelids, don't do it because then your kid will be cockeyed. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on the next episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Bye. Oh, no. Could this be the end of? <laughs> what?